0: Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Erin Fraser.
1: And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're riding the you wave and discussing three Hindi remakes of Korean films.
0: First up, Siddharth Malhotra goes to great lengths to torture his wife's murderer in Mohit Suri's 2014 revenge thriller, Ek Villain.
1: Then, in order to save her daughter, Ashwaya Rai is blackmailed into defending a rapist in Sanjay Gupta's 2015 crime drama, Jazba.
0: Finally, Amitabh Bachchan tries to solve the eight-year-old kidnapping of his granddaughter in Ripu Dasgupta's 2016 mystery, "Teen" or Tathreen.
1: Tathreen. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people.
0: And we'll also give a bit of a disclaimer that these three films, uh, being in the revenge thriller vein, all deal to some extent with murder, violence against women and children, and sexual assault.
1: (laughs) Children in all of them.
0: Yeah, children in...
1: Spoiler alert, I guess, for the first 10 minutes of Ec-Villain. But yeah, if you don't like children getting in trouble, don't watch these.
0: Yeah, so these are not light romantic films. They're dark revenge thrillers that kind of have those trappings so they're not the most friendly of films uh that being said i don't think anything that we're going to discuss will be too harrowing
1: no i mean really these are kind of tame (laughs) yes as as far as these things go yeah and
0: and some of them are much tamer than the films they're they're remakes of for sure Mm -hmm. for sure Uh, so welcome back lovers. This is an episode that we've actually had on the books and have had as an episode idea since before we launched the show.
1: Yeah. We knew Parasite was going to do really well at the Oscars about five years ago before it was made. (laughs) So we figured, yeah, let's, let's get a, let's get Korean movies locked and loaded.
0: Well, it's just, when we first started the show... Uh, when we were developing it, we brainstormed ideas, mm-hmm. and one of the things we wrote down was discussing Bollywood remix of Korean films, because you and I quite like Korean films.
1: And I think you were a lot more into K-pop back in the day, too.
0: I was, yes. I'm still in... I, I
1: It moves so fast, it's hard to keep up.
0: It moves so fast, and by the time I find a band I like that band, disbands, and then there's new bands, and I don't want to get into new bands. Uh, there's
1: also lots of drama, like Suicides and all kinds of bad stuff with K-pop stars lately. It's yes, really sad.
0: which I mean, I I I won't get into everything that I think about K-pop and the slave contracts and etc. um The slave contracts were also a thing that kind of um, put a bad taste in my mouth when it came to K-pop. But I do still like K-pop and I go through phases.
1: I mean, I think uh, I've heard those five songs by Blackpink about a million times each.
0: Yeah, I do have Blackpink on repeat a lot uh as well as rain's 30 sexy which mm-hmm. i love um a lot of what i love in k-pop that was really old now blackpink's probably the newest thing i listened to uh, but yes i once upon a time and to a certain extent still am very interested in korean pop culture and there's a reason for that i have been influenced by something called the How you wave and i would argue that uh parasites win at the Oscars. Uh, is in part uh, success of the Hallyu Wave. and Is it and a the combination
1: of, of the Hallyu Wave?
0: I, I certainly think so. I, I certainly think it's a part of it, which I'm not seeing anyone really talk about, which I find really interesting. So to backtrack a bit, the Hallyu Wave is this concept of the Korean Wave. It is initiative to export south korean pop culture so that south korea can become a global soft power
1: now did they do this after cool brit- britannia because that was like brit pop spice girls like 97 right yeah on movies it was it seemed like the british um government was kind of putting its weight behind british culture as something they could export and then i feel like the Korean one started around then.
0: Yeah, it started in the in the early '90s, um, and it's reaching like a huge apex at mm-hmm. the moment. So they've they've been working on this. If you have for a teenage while. daughter,
1: ask them what they think of BTS because they probably <laughs> yeah. have thoughts.
0: Yeah, uh, it has become a global phenomenon, and it's driven um, partly by the Korean government giving subsidies to its creative industries. Mm-hmm. So back in the early '90s, and and you can even see before them. But when you're kind of talking and how you were how you wave terms you do want to go back to the 90s uh the korean government allocated a ton of money uh for film tv and music production and we're now seeing that around the world as people embrace south korean pop culture and not just k-pop which has largely been driven through things like YouTube, those slick music videos that mm-hmm. K-pop makes uh, are so addictive. Obviously everyone remembers PSY's Gangnam Style.
1: And the songs draw from so many different musical genres that it kind of, you know, it actually resembles Bollywood in a way where yeah. it's drawing on a lot of Things to make a new item.
0: Yeah, they use a lot of Scandinavian producers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so K-pop's obviously been a driving force, but there's also a lot of K-dramas, which are kind of like Korean teen soap operas. Look
1: those up on Netflix because <laughs> there are tons. Yeah. And lots of you know, I would say that there's a pretty big percentage of people who would be interested in our show who also watch K-dramas, listen to K-pop. Yeah. It's it's kind of. It seems connected somehow to Bollywood enjoyment.
0: Yeah, Kathy Gibson of Access Bollywood, um, friend of the show, past and future guest. Uh, she's a big fan of, of of K-pop and K-dramas, and I think uh, like Korean variety shows, mm-hmm. like the, the kind that you see in the UK with like comedians a, yeah. and, and pop stars doing stuff.
1: Your other co-host, Paul Matowichuk, Uh mm-hmm. he really likes the the genius and a few other mm-hmm. K- Korean. Uh, Not panel, but like comedians doing things shows. Yeah, yeah.
0: We're also saying this extended to things like skincare and makeup and fashion, because obviously when you see those things in the dramas and in the music videos, like you want them. And I am Mm -hmm. like a perfect example of that. I have a bathroom stocked full of Korean skincare.
1: Twenty-one step, (laughs) you know, skincare routine.
0: Yeah, and you know, we're seeing a surge of like things like Korean grocery stores. Yeah, K- Korean H Mart. Yeah, yeah, we have an H Mart here. We have two H Mart's here now in Edmonton. They're, one of them is giant. Um, like Korean uh restaurants and then obviously like films, like mm-hmm. Korean cinema I think for the past decade, and a bit more, has been very popular with genre films. I would
1: say 2000s to 2010. Oh, yeah. It felt like it was dominating. It's almost like Mexican directors at the Oscars just keep trading it off between them. Just sort of like popular, a lot of times very pulpy, genre films, specifically like sci-fi and action really have been kind of dominated by um Korea yeah. in a way that Hong Kong was doing in the early 90s and late 80s.
0: Yeah, a lot of revenge thrillers. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that the biggest one to point to is Old Boy, uh which won the um the runner-up prize at cons. Fahrenheit 911 won the Palme d'Or. <laughs> I bet won... they I,
1: I wonder how good they feel about that one.
0: <laughs> it won the runner-up uh that's a film by Park Chan-wook which is part of his revenge trilogy i think you and i have seen every park chanwick film as well as his i haven't TV seen sympathy
1: series. for mr vengeance
0: you know what and i don't think we've seen a joint security whatever Joint security
1: force i think it's yeah. on netflix I have, or one of the streaming services
0: yeah we've seen most of them yeah uh quentin tarantino was um the head of the jury that year hmm. and so i think he pushed hard for old boy to win the palm door and had to kind of Except it was going to come in uh, second place. And for those of you Uh, wondering
1: why we didn't do Zinda, mm. the old boy uh, remake, scare quotes. Um, I don't know if it was an official remake. (laughs) But uh, we watched the hallway fight scene where Sanjay Dutt fights a bunch of guys. And in the original, he looks exhausted because he's been fighting the whole time. Yeah. Sunday that rolls up and he looks exhausted.
0: Yeah. He well, just
1: looks tired. We'll,
0: we'll get to Zinda Yeah. Um but yeah, so so Korean cinema hasn't I haven't seen it quite have the same impact with like teenage girls as K-dramas and K-pop has. Uh, however, it's been huge with genre fans like people go to Fantasia and Fantastic Fest for mm-hmm. like decades.
1: And Okja was one of the first Netflix original films, right? Uh, it got a huge push.
0: It was it was one of the earlier ones. I don't think it was one of the first ones. And
1: I think Snowpiercer did pretty well in North American theaters, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. So surprisingly, this is the with Parasite. This is the first time that a Korean film has been nominated at the Oscars, and it swept. We've seen Parasite, and we've we saw seen... it at the film
1: festival early. Yeah, that we got on the Parasite train like. <laughs> and a summertime
0: yeah because i that been, never
1: happens to us
0: yeah i've been a big bang jun ho fan uh for years we've seen all of his films except for his first one um barking dogs never bite i want to yeah, say i
1: think that's what it's called
0: uh that being said i actually haven't liked his past two films i was not a fan of snowpiercer i thought it was rather disappointing mm-hmm. uh, and i hated Oakja. Uh, mother, if, pe- if people want my Bong Joon-ho rankings, Mother still, I think, is the best thing he's ever done.
1: Memories of Murder.
0: Memories of Murder is amazing. And the host is excellent.
1: Yeah. I think I'm more of a uh, Park Chan-wook fan, actually. Fair enough. But, uh, I mean, I like every Bong Joon-ho movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I even like parts of Okja. All the parts with white people, terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, all the parts with the Korean people, especially that little kid, she was awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it
1: almost feels like <laughs> Korean cinema... Has taken the place in the heart that Japanese was in the '90s and Hong Kong was in the late '80s.
0: Well, and Japanese cinema in like the '50s and '60s too. But like,
1: think of Takeshi Miike, Sion Sono; those were kind of the few foreign directors that your average cinephile might be interested in because they were extreme. I guess you could throw in to quote your last podcast, your other podcast, the new French extremity types mm-hmm. in the early 2000s as well. Yeah. But like, yeah, Jap- Japanese cinema, I feel, is kind of receded, at least in the North American public uh, imagination, and Korean has moved right in.
0: I think so, with the exception of kind of like standout filmmakers like Kureta. Yeah. Um,
1: but those are art house. Like Exactly. The thing about Korean stuff is it swings... Well, okay. I'm not going to say about all of them, but a lot of them, especially your revenge-type dramas, swing on wild emotional axes and have <laughs> very complicated plots. Yeah. And then I—that is something that translates extremely well to Hindi cinema.
0: Yeah. I would argue, and by no means am I an expert on Korean cinema. I've just been a fan for a couple decades. Uh, I have. Fun. And, and we watch them from time to time we, I wouldn't say we're like exclusively watching Korean films by any means since we also watch a lot of Hollywood movies and Bollywood movies and Japanese films and French films and Chinese films etc like you and I do watch movies from all over the world and, and we we seek out a fair amount of Korean films
1: it's that bottom inch of subtitles on the bottom mm-hmm. that uh, um, Bong Joon-ho talked about that yeah. that's where the, the adventure of cinema lives yeah. he's right
0: But I would argue that one of the reasons why the Korean film industry is so strong is because of these government subsidies um, that they were, you know, because of all the money that South Korea is currently devoting towards its cultural industries.
1: Yeah. What's Canada's problem?
0: (laughs) And they allocate a ton of money uh, towards... Towards music and film production and TV and all this stuff. They've also had a screen quota since 1967. So there is an incentive to make
1: Mm. good
0: Korean films. So they
1: have a quota for how many things have to screen in Korea that are homegrown.
0: Exactly. So Mm. the screens have to devote a certain amount of of screen time to homegrown cinema.
1: I mean, that's that's just good nation building. Well,
0: yeah. Once you do that... It means that Korean movies have to get made.
1: Yeah, they might not be good (laughs) at first, but you gotta let people get out there and learn their talents.
0: I actually wish I knew more about Korean cinema kind of pre 90s or like pre, actually pre early 2000s. -hmm. Um, One day, one day, I hope it's something to catch up with. And one day, I hope, you know, the Criterion Collection, in addition to taking care of its um, lack of Indian cinema. Would also take care of it, its lack of kind of fifties um, and sixties, etc. Korean cinema because there aren't a lot of Korean titles on the Cre- Criterion Channel, which is weird.
1: No, and we have to go to the one of the many Korean restaurants around our house to watch <laughs> some oh, older yeah. black and white movies because they show them up on the on the wall.
0: Yeah, our favorite Korean restaurant, um, Nongbu, which is like a block from our place, uh, they project like old black and white, like nineteen fifties Korean films on the wall.
1: They seem they really kind enjoy. of they seem kind of Kurosawi actually. Like Oh kind really
0: of, they usually remind me of Ozu. <laughs> I was thinking,
1: yeah, that kind of like high and low or modern-day Kurosawa, but yeah, Ozu as well. Yeah. It could just be, you know, the clothes I don't yeah. know.
0: So I would say among genre fans, Korean cinema is known for having really dark, often violent, revenge thrillers with a lot of twists. Mm-hmm. That being said, that is not all that Korea makes. They also make delightful romantic comedies. Uh, there's a filmmaker by the name of Hong Sang Soo who makes um, really kind of like kitchen sink uh, relationship dramas. I love his work. Yeah, so all I wanted to say is we d- chose to focus on um, three films that are kind of twisty thrillers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, people like Park Chan Wook and, and his kind of stuff. That is what's most known about Korean cinema, I find, in the, in the people we If you know anything to. about it, yeah. But yeah. there is more stuff than that.
1: <laughs> sure. But They're this, not
0: all... This goes back to
1: something I think about all the time. It's like, so a Masala movie is what is being pitched at the general Hindi audience. It's mm. like, here's what we think you're going to like. It's something for everybody, straight across the board, four Quadrant. Yeah. So... Do we know if these twisty-ass revenge dramas that are super violent and pretty dark often have bizarre sexual themes as well, do those do well like in the mass market for Korean people? Or are these kind of like outre there too, do you think? Because I often wonder about that because it is such a marked difference from other national film cultures.
0: I mean, I Parasite did really well, but Parasite is a bit more toned down mm-hmm. than than some of the other stuff.
1: It's not that violent. It's
0: not that violent compared to the stuff we've seen. Um, I'm not too sure. I have seen a lot of, like, Korean comedies, like, cop comedies and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, What's the Fat Guys one? Oh, that was Chinese. That was Chinese. Fat <laughs> Brothers?
0: Fat Buddies or Fat something? Buddies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still gotta watch
1: that one. That looks kind of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a Chinese film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and, like, there's, like, I've seen, like, Korean gangster films. Very good. Um, I'm
1: wondering if it, there's just kind of an inherent neuroticism that comes from living next to North Korea and knowing that, like, <laughs> they've got, you know, missiles pointed at Seoul all day long. Like, that's got to kind of wear on you.
0: I I don't know. You are...
1: I'm reaching. I have
0: no idea. <laughs> but
1: the same way that, like, Godzilla represents Japan's, you know, the feeling of being nuked. Yeah. Maybe, you know, intense... Betrayals and revenge could have to do with the fact that there was a giant war over their country mm-hmm. and now half of it is walled off. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you're but, Korean, let me know.
0: This is all to say that I think there are larger factors beyond it just being a really good film that struck a chord with Hollywood. Yeah. As to why Parasite uh, swept the Oscars and why everyone is like. I don't know, it's interesting because if you look at the discussion online, it's like a lot of people are discovering Korean cinema or Korean pop culture for the first time.
1: It's exciting and, though. It's and, nice to see people oh, yeah. see new stuff.
0: And maybe some people are, but and but maybe because like film Twitter and like K pop stands are very different mm-hmm. like sections of the internet, I'm like, do you not can you not see the connection?
1: Yeah. We have and so you much not in common. Seeing, like
0: the global rise of Korean pop culture has now meant that yes, they've won Best Picture at the yeah. Oscar.
1: And I guess you do get quite a bit of cynical websites like, "Oh, you liked Parasite? Here's like four more movies that are <laughs> by the same director that you might like." Like, oh, okay, great, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then. Um, so yeah, so this is an episode that like we've been wanting to do for years, and mm-hmm. and this felt like the right time.
1: Now remaking Hindi, uh, remaking uh, Korean movies.
0: I, I do want to say that every culture, every film industry remakes films from other cultures and other film industries, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in East Asia. You know, I've seen a Japanese film that then gets remade into a Korean film that then gets remade into a Chinese film. You know, so India is not alone in remaking hollywood and korean and etc films and i don't i don't think personally that it is a sign of a corrupt or unoriginal film industry i just want to lay that out there i mean every film industry is doing this
1: everyone every film industry is doing this the Hindi film industry doesn't necessarily seem to credit it a lot of the time.
0: I think they're getting better. And of the three films that we're going to talk about, one is an unofficial remake and two are official remakes, where mm-hmm. the original was credited in the opening titles.
1: But still, I'm, I'm honestly more interested in seeing you know, a revenge drama filtered through different cultures' lenses rather than what's going on in Hollywood right now, where it's mostly just IP-driven and comics I read 15 years ago when I worked yeah. at the store. like. It, you know even though it's very similar stories of cops and detectives and mothers out on a rampage and that kind of thing it it is inherently more interesting to me and i it's just fun to see how those things transmit rather than like whatever captain america's up to
0: well i think there's something to be said for for people wanting to see a story in their own language and which which is not me saying that people don't want to read subtitles um, but I think that people want to see movies in their own language and with their own stars. And I think a lot about a lot of the Chinese remakes of rom-coms. So like Bride Wars, My Best Friend's Wedding and stuff. Like, yeah, why watch Julia Roberts when you can watch a big, you know, your your favorite Chinese star?
1: And that's also apparently why Crazy Rich Asians didn't do that well in yeah. China. was because, you know, they don't have a diversity problem in China. Plenty of Chinese people <laughs> in movies there. They felt like, oh, this one's way too American. They're not getting it.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I I do encourage people to, you know, read subtitles and seek out films in languages other than their own and from cultures other than their own. But I think it is interesting, you know, when someone takes a story and adapts it to their own cultural context, Mm -hmm. um, which is what we're seeing here with these three films. Uh, now, unfortunately, we haven't seen any of the great films that these films are based on. Um, I've been meaning to watch one of them for years. I've even had it, like, I've rented it a couple times and so we've never gotten around to watching it.
1: That's I Saw the Devil? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one out of these three that I really want to watch because I don't know if the adaptation... It, it's either it's bad or the adaptation was just oh n- for poorly done.
0: <laughs> I think it is really done. Um, and I've seen I've seen other Kim Ji-Woon films, The Age of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Um, he's, he's a very interesting director. And I, I'm just... It's supposed to be an extremely violent film. Yeah, that and, w- that's <laughs> one
1: of... Because I was actually sort <laughs> of... Su- one of the
0: reasons why I've rented it and it's just sat there and we've had to return
1: it. Well, that's what was so surprising <laughs> to me about Eggville. Villain, like, this is the hardcore movie that people have been telling me for years? like, oh, that's a rough one, like... Okay, um, hopefully the Korean one's way more violent because this is <laughs> like for babies, yeah. essentially. Yeah,
0: but I just—I don't know.
1: I'm I'm battle hardened now.
0: But I yeah, just to reiterate this point before we move on, and I I I'm sure people will criticize me for saying this, but I I don't have a problem with remakes and. I would rather watch them and see in the ways in which they are successful or unsuccessful and and interrogate that than sit around and complain about them. Because there's m- plenty of good movies that are remakes of other movies. Whether yeah. movies within the same film industry or remaking a film from a different film industry.
1: Have you like. heard of the French New Wave? That's all they did. <laughs> Basically. Apart from pulp novels, too. Like, it's all like reworking concepts and then playing with them and inventing new film grammar around it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Star Wars is a remake of samurai films. Like, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: It's all a remix.
1: I really wish that Fatima Butoh had talked more about K-pop and the rest of the Hollywood stuff in the book New Kings of the World, which we've mentioned a few times, because that feels like the kind of letdown of that book. It's like an afterthought. But this interplay between Bollywood and Korea is very interesting and I would like to see more people's thoughts on it.
0: Yes. Uh, so according to Wikipedia, there are 32 remakes of Korean films in Indian cinema. Now that is across language groups. That's not just Hindi films. And
1: that's probably from the 2000s on, I'm guessing.
0: Um, I mean, it's it's the list according to Wikipedia. Yeah. I am sure it is not comprehensive. mm mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, it, it's, it's notable. Mm-hmm. And so the most notable ones include Awarapan, which is a remake of A Bittersweet Life, Barat, which we've both seen, which is a remake of Ode to My Father, which I have also seen. Uh, Ode to My Father is another great example that, like, not all Korean films are twisty dark revenge thrillers.
1: Sure, some of them are. Full
0: of sex and violence.
1: And I'm sure it's probably less jingoistic than the Salman Khan version, too. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's just as sappy, though.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Murder 2, which is a remake of The Chaser. Another movie that I've rented and we've never watched.
1: I'm guessing that Murder 1, if indeed it existed. It did. Okay. Probably not a remake of like the prequel to The Chaser. Probably a remake of something else, and then they just found, oh, yeah, The Chaser. We could call that Murder 2.
0: The Chaser's the same director as The Wailing.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rocky Handsome, which is a remake of The Man from Nowhere. Uh, a lot You've seen of,
1: both of those, haven't you? No,
0: I've only seen Rocky Handsome. A lot of people... I know Shaw
1: and I think Kathy talked about that one, right?
0: Yeah, yes. There's an episode of Split Screen Podcast that we will put in the show notes about uh, Rocky Handsome and The Man from Nowhere. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people recommend The Man from Nowhere, and I... I n- I've never had an interest in it, but I guess so many people have recommended it. Maybe we should add it to our list.
1: This could also be a situation where the Korean original is way better than the Hindi <laughs> version. Because you didn't like Rocky... No. You didn't no. like Rocky Handsome.
0: Uh, Sing is Bling, which is a remake of My Wife is a Gangster, which is more of like a crime comedy. Fun. Crime rom-com. Uh, Ugly or Poggle, which is a remake of My Sassy Girl... My Sassy Girl is probably the most well-known Korean rom-com. Classic, everyone loves My Sassy Girl. And Zinda, which is a remake of Old Boy. Now, we did really want to talk about Zinda since, aside from Parasite, Old Boy is probably the most famous Korean film around the world.
1: I'd say Snowpiercer is probably going to take it over that. But it's mostly, like, it, it has so many more Hollywood stars in it. And Chris Evans, I mean, yeah, I, I think that took it over the top.
0: Like, 50% of it is in English.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. you know, that hasn't stopped Korean movies. Yeah.
0: yeah that's but true. yeah, that
1: was probably the big one and also had the pretty bad remake by Spike Lee.
0: Yes, which I thought it was fascinating to see Spike Lee give out an award to Bong Joon-ho. Now, I obviously, like, Old Boys directed by Park Chan-wook, not by Bong Joon-ho, but Bong Joon-ho and Park Chan-wook do work together. Park Chan-wook produced Snowpiercer and it was just funny I just thought it was ironic I mean what
1: could happen next time is
0: Spike Lee's old boy's terrible like Bon Joon Ho
1: could give the best uh, uh, best picture to Adam McKay who's apparently (laughs) doing Parasite for HBO for some reason
0: right
1: right even like I was just thinking about this so I don't think Parasite the concept works at all in America because if a family was going to infiltrate like a rich family's house they're probably going to be Hispanic Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's such a racial divide in the States
0: Well, that on would class be, lines. That would be an interesting thing to explore if you were to make it in a different culture. Yeah. That's a reason to do it.
1: I guess. Okay, maybe I did argue for that. <laughs> um, but I don't know if it needs to be a TV show. Yeah. I, I don't know. know if the concept needs that much uh, airing out. But yeah. okay, maybe I'd watch it I'll probably watch a movie on it.
0: Uh, So back to Oldboy. Oldboy was the very first Korean film I ever saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a dark and twisted revenge thriller. Uh, We looked high and low for um, an official legal copy of Zinda. We couldn't find one, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But we did kind of watch some clips of it, most notably the hammer fight down the hallway. As alluded
1: to before, it sucked.
0: Yeah, because that's the most famous scene from Old Boy. And it was very clear watching those two scenes side by side that uh, Zinda pales in comparison.
1: <laughs> Do you know what the first problem was? <laughs>
0: what?
1: Not in a hallway. It's in a big room.
0: Oh, yeah. So it's not like you can't like follow his trajectory. In yeah, there, is,
1: there isn't really. like yeah. You can have a shot, like a medium shot, and watch what's happening, but it's not in the confines of a hallway. It's in a room.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I asked around online uh, about kind of two, two of the most <laughs> notable things from Old Boy, and uh, neither of them are incest. So
1: I'm guessing that's the incest subplot. Yep. And eating a live squid.
0: Yeah, he does not eat a live squid, and they completely take incest out of the story.
1: This does not surprise <laughs> me, as you know that's. Not something people like. And it was supposed to be pretty transgressive and shocking in Old Boy. Because it's like a Greek tragedy, right?
0: Yeah. Interestingly, and we should note, Old Boy itself is an adaptation of a Japanese manga. So already you're getting Mm -hmm. like some cross-culture stuff. Um, Yeah. I will say that it's interesting because in Spike Lee's Old Boy, they also kind of... They don't completely get rid of the incest. But they do change it in a way, hmm. um, and I won't go into explaining how. But yeah, what's what's the point of old <laughs> boy if you're gonna get rid of the incest? Like that's one of the most shocking he things at the center of it. Does
1: he? I mean, this is a bit of a story, spoiler for old boy, but he still does. He still get his tongue cut out because that's another like classic tragedy thing, right? Like he can't even say what the problem is. It's like Titus Andronicus.
0: I'm not too sure, but I mean, he still has the hammer.
1: Okay, so. well, that's all. That's all anyone wanted to see. If anyway. you look
0: at the posters for the film, it's like um,
1: it's Josh Brolin getting out of the coffin or something, right?
0: Oh, sorry, you're asking me about the Spike Lee one. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know, I saw that when it came out, and I forgot about it.
1: Okay. I think
0: this. I think they still do the tongue stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um. No, I was saying Zinda like mm. plays heavily on the hammer. So like. They take out the life squid, they take out the incest, but they keep the hammer. Uh, So the posters... It's just a picture
1: of the hammer, isn't it?
0: Well, the posters show John Abraham and uh, Sanjay Dutt and, like, a hammer separating them.
1: I mean, when you've got an indelible image, like someone getting hit by a hammer... It's it's that it's that adage of once you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail.
0: Yeah, I will say I'm ha- I am kind of happy to be saved the sight of seeing Sanjay Dutt play like Choi Min Sik because there's no way that works.
1: <laughs> also, if I remember right, the Brolin one he actually looked kind of cool, whereas in the original Korean one he's just kind of sad. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the background that we have, or I think we're ready to get into. Into our, the films that we're going to discuss?
1: Yeah. So we can uh, start talking about Villain now. Um, for some reason, there's a subtitle that you've got here. Villain. <laughs> there's one in every love story.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that coming up at all, but sure.
0: It's a, it, there was a subtitle That's, on screen.
1: I don't remember that. <laughs> so this movie came out in 2014 and is an unofficial remake of Kim Ji-Woon's I Saw the Devil, a movie that I would like to see, devil or not. You know, I think that'd be fun.
0: There's no way that Eck Villain comes close to the level of violence that is in I Saw the Devil. Yeah, this I is I remember like, when I Saw the Devil came out. This and, is
1: Gorehounds like, oh man, you won't believe this shit. It's under that Asian extreme label. Oh yeah.
0: And I remember when it came out and people were talking about how it had to be censored and cut down in South Korea. Yeah. Of um, a, a film industry known for making messed up violent movies. Yes. Yeah,
1: the one of the most hardcore of the hardcore. Yeah. So yeah and egg villain spoiler alert not hardcore at all your 10 year old niece can watch this movie she'll be yeah. fine
0: you're not hardcore
1: no unless, unless you live, you hard. live hardcore uh, so this was directed by Mohit Suri um, and interestingly <laughs> enough out of the 12 movies he's made 6 of them are remakes <laughs> uh, including A War Upon Murder 2 as well as remakes of uh, Out of Time 8mm and A Star is Born uh, aka Ashki 2 a movie that sucked balls yeah um and I will never like Aditya Roy Kapoor no. he's terrible in movies That the new one they made together looks bad too and talk about movies that are probably not as violent as their sub material their, uh, their original material he remade 8mm? yeah <laughs> okay I kind of want to see that just to see like how badly they missed the point yeah um, so uh, excellent stars Siddharth Mahotra Shraddha Kapoor and Ritesh Deshmuk it was a hit there's a sequel on the way for some reason, <laughs> yeah, and who knows what it is. Um, listeners, don't make me watch it. <laughs> please, please don't.
0: I will say, uh, I have seen Malang. Malang? Yeah, the new one. Which is his new film, which feels like within the same vein as Ekvillen. It's in the
1: Ekvillen cinematic universe.
0: Yeah, I was definitely watching it thinking, and I'd forgotten that Mohit Siri had directed Ekvillen, and I was watching it thinking, like, oh, this movie just wants to be like Ekvillen. Which I hated. Um, and then I realized after that Moe had also directed Beckville and I was like, oh, okay.
1: I mean, once you yeah. direct Ashki 2, I feel like <laughs> you should just hang it up and become a carpenter.
0: Okay. Um, He's directing Ashki 3, too.
1: Did they make it in Ashki 3?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is ARK in it? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, movie makes me mad. Um, okay, so the plot of Beckville uh, Sidharth Malhotra is a kind of enforcer for a not particularly well-realized criminal syndicate. Uh, his boss is dresses kind of wacky and has a bunch of thugs, but it's not really clear what they do apart from attend cricket matches mm-hmm. or no soccer. They go watch soccer, but like I don't really know what their deal is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, while Sidharth Malhotra is out on a he's at a police station getting the old uh, fifth degree from some uh, cops. Uh, He meets uh, Shraddha Kapoor there who, I don't remember what she was doing there, maybe her car got stolen or something, she was reporting a crime. And they meet, they they have a sort of meet cute where she talks a lot and he's just like God, you're annoying.
0: Because she is, Shraddha Kapoor is at her height of annoying in this film.
1: Yes, she's shrill and unlikable throughout the film. And, spoiler alert, for the first ten minutes of the movie, uh, she gets thrown out of a window, and I was like, "Well, wow, okay, this is off to a good start. <laughs> but then there was a bunch of flashbacks to her, and I'm like, oh, damn it. So, like, it had there been 20 minutes of her, and the rest is revenge? Okay. Now we're cooking. But no, there's about an hour and a half of Shraddha Kapoor, including a part that drove you bonkers. Yes.
0: Yes. she. So she's... In her journal, writing down a list of things that she wants to do before she dies. This is and not the worst
1: concept for no. a movie.
0: And when she takes... When she accomplishes one of them, she takes a photo using her Instax. I have Which an Which is a Instax. little Polaroid camera. Yeah, it's a little Polaroid camera. I have an Instax. And she is able to somehow take pictures underwater. Now, we don't see her actually taking the picture underwater, but we see the picture. Now, unless she had the Instax, like, printer, because you can, like, get an iPhone printer... So like I get so you like you could conceivably like print any photo on a Polaroid, but you never see that. You only ever see her using the actual camera, like a Polaroid camera. You can't take a photo underwater; it's ridiculous.
1: No, it'll melt. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she gets thrown out of a window.
0: It'll melt, but it'll like yeah.
1: If I remember right, her husband Alhotra is at a job interview. Yeah. For like his first straight job after being a gangster. Yeah. Um, so he goes home and uh oh, girlfriend fell out the window. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Ritesh Deshmukh is a kind of incel MRA type guy yeah. who hates his wife and takes it out on other women he finds who annoy him. Uh, we find out later on that he's got a job in the service industry and has access to lots of women, and that's mm-hmm. how he gets into Shraddha Kapoor's house and throws her out the window. Um, but on paper, this sounds good, right? Like well, it's, it's what I- if what what if like the toughest gangster in the world has to fight the Zodiac Killer.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the thrust of the film and the element that is a remake of I Saw the Devil is that Siddharth Malhotra then goes to get revenge on Ritesh Deshmukh, who is a serial killer murdering women including Shraddha Kapoor, his wife, uh, and Siddharth Malhotra's, Siddharth Malhotra's wife, yes. not Ritesh Deshmukh's. Yes. Um, and instead of just like outright killing him, he like, Beats him to the point that he's almost dead. Then he recovers. Gives and him a he, bunch of
1: money. Sends him to the hospital and says, yeah. like, I'll, I'll come back to beat you up later.
0: And then beats him up again. So he's he's torturing him. Yeah. And so I think that you can kind of compare this to Gajani. So yes. Gajani is a remake of Memento. But they stick an hour and a half long romantic comedy in the center of it. Yeah. This is similar where it's a remake of a revenge thriller. But they stick an hour and a half romantic comedy in flashback in the film
1: yeah by the way if you want to act villain somebody um and you just want to like torture them and bring them back to life etc you should probably like rip out their tongue old boy style so they can't tell anybody what's happening and if you're dealing with someone who is a known murderer you should probably like break all his fingers or something i don't know i don't want to tell you how to do your job Sidharth, but like come on
0: yeah
1: come on but yes this is a great premise what if a hard ass gangster has to track down a serial killer for revenge?
0: Yeah. And why of why does this it, fail so much, though? He, he tortures him.
1: Yeah. yeah. He, like he beats him within an inch of his life and allows him to come back. Like, why does this fail so much? Because, on the whole, we generally like Siddharth Mahotra. He's had a bad run of movies lately, yeah. but like we loved him in Student of the Year. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other movies that I like Siddharth Mahotra in. Uh Kepur and Sons. Poor and Sons. Yes, he's yeah. got dramatic chops in there. A Gentleman,
0: I think he's pretty good in that. Yeah.
1: He's pretty good at being a sad boy or, like, suave.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ritesh Deshmukh is not a character actor I like a lot. Uh, he was okay in Aladdin.
0: But, like, he's
1: better as, like, a comic relief sidekick. I don't know if he could carry the serial killer thing.
0: I just don't think this film has a good handle of its tone.
1: No, it's wild and all over the place.
0: and, And I like the interesting tonal shifts that you see in both Bollywood and Korean cinema. And I think that's one thing that people are really enamored with, with Parasite. They're like, oh, it's it's funny and it's twisted and it's dark like it has all of these different tones allow We're me to, to introduce you
1: to two film <laughs> uh film cultures
0: yeah we we are used to that and obviously korean cinema does it differently than the way bollywood does it um but there's just, less
1: boiling sounds
0: yeah, but i just i just don't think think this film ever has a handle on the tone so the romantic stuff is very cliched. Awful. Um It's, yeah. Shraddha Kapoor is very annoying. We are not big fans of Shraddha Kapoor to begin with, but she's she's given much better performances than this. Like and,
1: Street, a, a movie that's- Oh,
0: she's fantastic in Street. But she she's doesn't really talk. That's, in that's why her. she's good at it. Yeah, but here I just feel like they're trying to drive the manic pixie dream girl home so hard, mm-hmm. and it's not working. Uh, And then the whole kind of cliche reveal that she has, like, a movie disease. Yeah, she has a
1: movie wasting disease and she wants to do all this stuff before she died. Like, okay, fine.
0: Yeah, and they just keep layering on the cliches. I won't name all of them. uh, Because, you know, for those that haven't seen the film, I'd like to keep some things a mystery. But I think you can see all of them coming. This is basically
1: like John Wick, though. Like, how do they mess up Siddharth so bad? Yeah, Shraddha Kapoor, should have seen it coming. She's bad. (laughs) Ritesh Deshmukh completely, like, miscast.
0: This was the first time that Ritesh Deshmukh played a negative role. hmm So, uh... Sinarath has no personality. Yes. And I think... He's sad. I think he's better when he's given a bit of something. Like... Even in Kapoor's sense, he's not given much, but he's just kind of given enough that he can flesh that out and and do something interesting. And
1: also there's a bunch of interesting characters for him to play off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, like, he just, he doesn't feel committed to the love story and he doesn't feel committed to the revenge. It goes to really comical places with the revenge and makes Ritesh Deshmukh, like, a really kind of um, over-the-top kind of, like, cartoonish serial killer in a way where I think you don't really feel that scared of him.
1: No. It's because that... And
0: I also think It's his, because
1: he's killing people in dumb ways. And oh, also, he's not physically imposing enough.
0: And this motivation that he's, like, henpecked and, like, you know, his reasons for hating women just kind of... They're such... They're so eye roly. Like, I just feel like this movie doesn't want to put the work in and why doesn't he have a crazy
1: overbearing mother or something like that's that's your classic serial killer archetype
0: it just it feels very cliched and i'm fine with cliches um when like the film like commits to them and they work and they kind of integrate them in a compelling way um but here it's just like i feel like it's trying to do too much and it has I don't know, it's really, it's just really aggressive and really in your face in a way that I find really off-putting. Well, I just find I it
1: dull throughout.
0: saw this film um, close to when I saw Bud Lapoor for the same time.
1: Now that's this story done right.
0: Yes, and so Bud Lepore, uh which we've done an episode on, uh, is an original film, but... There are some very clear similarities, and it doesn't help that they cast, you know, one of the guys from Stu the Year, and then the other guy from Stu the Year. So it was hard when mm-hmm. they came out so close together not to compare them.
1: And Bud Lapore uh-uh. goes for it.
0: Bud, oh, Bud Lapore totally goes for it. And Bud Lapore has such a sense of tone. Yeah. Such a sense of tone.
1: The other thing that... Yeah.
0: And Bud Lapore goes to some really violent and harrowing places... Without being like really over the top or gross about it, but just like through, through suspense and surprise, and it's just yeah, it's so well done.
1: If you walk into a room and everything's covered in plastic, you know that something bad is going to happen, and there's no <laughs> sense of foreboding like that in Ek film whatsoever. But going back know. to Ritesh Deshmukh,
0: like just it, it was aggressive to the point of boredom.
1: Well, yeah, his his motivations were so qu- completely obvious and. Like, part of the appeal of serial killer movies, like, Manhunter, for instance, was, like, trying to puzzle all, like, well, what's this guy's problem? And in this movie, it's just, like, well, he hates his wife. And he's kind of a nebbish. And he takes it out on other women.
0: And so much of this is just cheaply using um, violence against women in a way that I find, found really uninteresting. Yeah. So, Ek Villain, just to um, clarify, Ek Villain came out in June 2014, and Bud Lepore... Came out in February 2015. So, pretty close together. Yeah. A little more than six months, yeah. But
1: also, so, he's not a physical enough presence to be, like, to hang with Siddharth. Because Siddharth is a big guy. Yeah. And he's routinely just beating the ever-loving shit out of (laughs) Deshmukh, And it's unbelievable that he can walk around, much less hold his own.
0: Yeah. Deshmukh and... Kapoor, Shada Kapoor, are overdoing it, and then Siddharth Malhotra is underdoing it. Like, it just...
1: And yeah. then,
0: like, I don't know, what did you think of the visual language? There was some interesting, like, there was an interesting chase sequence. Yeah. There's some good fight choreography.
1: Uh, there's a scene that takes place during a Dushera. I'm sure I messed that one up. That's something. There's some yeah. Where they shoot Ravan. Yeah. There's some interesting lighting and basically anytime someone's a villain in a movie, they'll go to the Ravan uh, scene because it's very dramatic yeah. and works well for movies. But
0: they did in, it in a recent Siddharth Malhotra film that's again like a revenge thriller with Ritesh Deshmukh as a dwarf.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Marjavan. So, but like that's that's actually pretty cliched for Hindi films yeah, to do that. It is. And also. For a quote-unquote villain, we don't really think he's that bad. Like we're not scared of Siddharth Maholtra either. Really?
0: really, Oh, we don't think Siddharth Maholtra is that bad. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't commit to. I think showing his. I mean, he starts out not certainly not as like a honorable guy because he's like a low level gangster. So he starts out kind of being on the wrong side of the law. I don't know. You don't really feel the like fall from grace that you feel with in Dewan in in Bud Lepore who, Butler, the who way admittedly that... starts
1: off as like a normal guy who becomes a murderer whereas this
0: yeah which is also something that a lot of Korean revenge thrillers do really well is show how revenge corrupts people yeah yeah which and, we'll and see really in the next two that. movies yeah
1: but also like he like well, he kicks a guy into the uh, Ravon flames and this is something he goes back to well, he thinks about it a lot but also like we're never scared of him either yeah. so it's like if John Wick didn't really shoot anybody <laughs> and he's fighting you know the tooth fairy and the tooth fairy didn't really from zanzo lambs exactly. and the tooth fairy wasn't gross or it wasn't gross in the way that like you're interested in it's just like oh he's the murderer yeah so it's just two boring characters bouncing off of each other and then among the most annoying actresses in the him- Hindi film scene i will say yeah uh, she's in it too
0: my Suri just doesn't work for me no. People seem. I've I've seen some praise online for Malang, and I'm like, really? And so, people
1: appear to like Ashiki too. I've seen people stick up for that. Like,
0: yeah.
1: I don't. Maybe they watched a different movie and they thought it was that. <laughs> it was one of the worst experiences of my young yeah. life.
0: All right. Well, that brings us to interval. Yep. And we're going to be. We talked
1: to- for way longer about Korean movies than I thought we were going to. We're almost at an hour.
0: Okay. Well, we can cut some of that down. I guess. Uh, we're going to be listening to a song from Jazba. This is Aj Rat Kassin. Janu 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 Aj Rat Kassin Janu
1: Monogram coffee owners Ben, Jeremy, and Justin are proud to say they opened their first coffee shop by pooling their savings together. One afternoon when ATB team member Faisal stopped by Monogram for his usual coffee, he started asking if they had any plans to expand. Soon Faisal was connecting them with ATB team members who could help make this a reality. Now Ben, Jeremy, and Justin are happy to be serving some of Calgary's best coffee from three locations across the city. To see more of Monogram's success story, visit atb.com monogram.
0: As we mentioned at the top of the show, Korean popular culture, especially K-pop, is very popular with teen girls. Sadly, none of our nieces are teenagers yet. Soon though. It's very exciting for me. Oh my god. What if they don't like Clueless? Anyways, so I can't ask them to decode the mysteries of youth culture for me yet. Luckily, there's a podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network that does just that. That's a Thing is a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to your teens, tweens, and everything under 20. Every episode, Elizabeth Plains media to her mom, Karen. They even have an episode on BTS, a K-pop band that despite my almost 10 years of listening to K-pop, I know nothing about. Why does no one ever want to talk about Girls' Generation anymore? You can find That's a Thing's discussion of BTS and the rest of their show and the other members of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB at albertapodcastnetwork.com
1: so that was Ajrat Kasin from Jazba, and Aaron's gonna tell us about that one
0: yes Jazbah's is our next film it is a remake of Wan Shin Young's Seven Days and it is directed by Sanjay Gupta uh, Gupta previously made Zinda
1: mm-hmm. which so he's also we a remake about. artist okay
0: Yes, Gupta has also uh, <laughs> made a number of films that could be considered remakes uh, or films inspired by other films. Uh, and so, some of those those films that he said to have remade include A Better Tomorrow, the John Woo film. Uh, you and I love John Woo.
1: John Wu's cool.
0: Love John Woo. Uh, Desperate Measures, Reservoir Dogs.
1: Wow, he's okay. I've seen. I've heard about that remake. Yes,
0: and Quentin Tarantino likes it. He's uh, programmed it at the new Beverly.
1: I think Quentin Tarantino is probably just happy that someone remade his movie. Yeah. That, like, that's just a thing that he would think would be cool. Yeah. He may not think it's good.
0: Uh, U-Turn. And... Oh, interesting. I
1: kind of like U-Turn.
0: <laughs> and uh, Broken, another Korean film directed by Lee Jung-ho.
1: Well, I'm thinking Wrong Turn. Oh, okay. Wrong turn's kind of like an NH-10 type movie.
0: Yeah, wrong turn's a horror film. U-turn is the one where... Uh, Kurt
1: Russell's in it, right?
0: Well, I think Jennifer Lopez makes out with Sean Penn.
1: And that's okay.
0: <laughs> I think I that's like the famous... It's probably scene.
1: a highlight of Sean Penn's life.
0: Pretty sure that's like the famous scene. I think it's... It's Oliver Stone.
1: Oliver Stone. Yeah, okay. I was
0: going to say Tapama, but Tapama's 8mm. No, it's Oliver Stone. Yeah. Um, and I don't think considered like a good Oliver Stone. I've never seen it. I just remember Sean Penn and Jennifer Lopez making out. Of course. Uh, it stars Ashraya Rai, Irfan Khan, Jackie Shroff, Atul Konkarni, and Shabana Azmi. So this came and out in
1: 2015.
0: Yes, came out in 2015. And this is Ashraya Rai's first film in five years. So she took a break to have a child. Mm-hmm. And this was her first film back. And I really feel like this movie is trying to convince us that Ashraya Rai is a hot mom.
1: Because <laughs> the first ten minutes of her running around wearing yoga pants, she looks great.
0: Yeah, the first few minutes are her like... Working out in Mumbai, like, showing us how fit she is. And then the rest of the I believe film it. The
1: <laughs> acting, it worked.
0: Shows us what a devoted mother that she is. Yeah. I uh, believe
1: it. She would do anything for her daughter. She anything. She would do anything. Even illegal things.
0: Uh, so, Rai plays a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, she's a single mother. And early on... In
1: the- Father not mentioned whatsoever, actually.
0: No, he's totally mentioned.
1: Not that often, though.
0: No, not that often, but... She was living in the States and she Right, got yeah, pregnant yeah, 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 yeah. And the ultrasound yeah. revealed it was a girl and her husband wanted her to abort it, this so is she actually, left her husband.
1: You know, come to think of it, this is a pretty rare situation in Hindi films that we've seen. Yeah. You do not often see a single mother like this where like the father didn't die a hero or something. Mm. Right? Like just they had a fairly big blow up over whether or not they should have a kid. That does not happen often. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give the movie that much.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, she left and went went back to India to yeah. raise her daughter by herself. Sanaya? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, early on in the film, Ashwarya Rai goes to a, like, mother-daughter track meet at the girls' school.
1: Weird. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Those aren't real.
0: And But, um, yeah,
1: she definitely... Does pretty well.
0: They win a relay race, but as Ashroya Rai is looking for her daughter to like celebrate, uh, that she goes missing. And Ashroya Rai is eventually contacted by some kidnappers who then blackmail her into taking the case of a murderer slash rapist and getting him off, getting him let out. And so she has um I'm guessing, in the Korean original, it's seven days. I don't remember how many days it is here, but she has a certain amount of time to get...
1: Seemed like about a week, yeah.
0: Yeah, to get this rapist off. Um, otherwise, she'll... Off the charges. Yeah, off the charges. <laughs> Other, oh, God. Otherwise, she'll never see her daughter again. irfan uh, Khan plays a cop who is a good friend of hers, but is also rather corrupt and yeah. under investigation.
1: Yeah, his corruption is just like... Yeah, they're bringing me up on an anti-corruption <laughs> charges. Must have been all that corruption I did.
0: Yeah. and uh, I like how
1: matter-of-fact he is about it.
0: He agrees to help her out. So, yeah. Rai Rise, a desperate mother who has to, you know, kind of become a detective in order to save her daughter. This it's is another very, great premise. It is a great premise. And it is a very green film. Yes. It has a, like, green filter green over everything. Pink. I will say... I, I do like this film. Um, it had it had a little too many Dutch angles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of those movies. Yeah, one of those movies. Um, but I, I like the the chemistry between Irfan Khan and Ashwarya Rai. Um, I like that Irfan Khan is kind of a morally suspect character, and
1: mm-hmm. kind
0: of everyone has is kind of morally suspect with the exception of. Ashwarya. Well, she but does she suspect
1: just, things all the time, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It would just it would have been a lot better if they hadn't stopped the movie at several instances just to like just for her to have a dramatic breakdown.
1: Yeah. Cra- grasping the sand like that meme of a Russian guy holding sand and just hand yeah. like ah. She does that a lot. But it is interesting to see someone whose job it is to do successful defense cases Brought into a situation where even she's just like, man, this guy sucks. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to have to defend him, but I'll figure something out. So she's using her legal imagination to run through all the um, possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then maybe she's on to something. Yeah. So that gets real interesting.
0: Yeah. Shabana Azmi plays the mother of the girl who was raped and murdered. Um, and I think it's a great role for Shibana Asumi, yeah. mm-hmm. She There's a lot of layers to that character. At first, Ashoi Raya goes to talk to her and kind of pretends to be a journalist. Doesn't reveal that she's uh, defending the um, potential perpetrator.
1: I mean, that should probably get her disbarred, but go on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just, like, I th- I think it's really... You can ask Manish.
1: He's a, he's a legal guy. Yeah. You can ask him if he would get disbarred for that.
0: I think the scenes of the two of them on screen and just kind of, like both the the weight as actresses that they bring but also yeah. like the weight of their characters as these um, devoted mothers I think is a really interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah. You want movies about mothers feeling bad about things? <laughs> May I introduce you to Bollywood? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was pretty good actually. It was better mm-hmm. than I thought it was going to be. I think the movie actually got better as it went on. Yeah. Because it starts off a little slow And it's, yes, it's, look at Ashwarya Rai, she's back in the swing of things. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have thought so to begin with, she's a, like, a living goddess, I believe. (laughs) But um, as she starts kind of, I think, kind of getting into the case, too. Yeah. Like, not having a good time, per se, but just kind of like, well, I gotta figure this out, and I gotta do it right. That's really interesting. I like detective movies. I think I called a couple of the twists, but there was a lot of them, and, yeah. Anytime there's a twist in a movie, I'm usually pretty happy.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it's refreshing to see um, a thriller of this sort where women are at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Where, and,
1: well, only one is being sexually attacked too, like not the main character.
0: Yes, but I don't, I don't think that the film objectifies violence against women or uses it as a crutch or as a plot device. Like they do in Ekvillin and many other films. Mm -hmm. Um, We do see some flashbacks or some kind of like -like, Rashmon-like speculations about how the violent act occurred.
1: Kind of like Pink.
0: Yeah, but... More hyped up. It does go a bit further than Pink. Yeah. Um, But I didn't find these objectifying. I didn't think that... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't think that they were using those scenes um, as a way to drive the plot forward. In fact, I think this film has a has an interesting dialogue with women, with especially with kind of mothers and their capacity for violence. And and to me, it just felt like the the violence against against women here, that the, the sexual violence that the film explores, is just a, a larger thread in its gender dynamics. Um, it, it would probably be best to compare this to something like Mom with Sweet yeah, Debbie.
1: Yeah, I think Mom is better. But yeah,
0: Mom is better. This
1: is good. And also that scene is shot with so many lens flares and weird color changes and stuff that it's actually a little bit difficult to see what's happening.
0: We're, yeah, we're. Not, I don't think we're supposed to be excited by it. Whereas I no. do think we're supposed to be excited by some of the violence against women in Ekvillin. Um, and I know you haven 't seen it yet, but we 're definitely supposed to be excited by some of the violence against women in Malang, which is really gross mm. yeah
1: yeah I mean that was a that was a cliche in the 70s, and in fact it still goes on it 's annoying yeah it's annoying Just have a regular sex scene in there if you want to get people excited
0: yeah and so and and I think it adds an interesting dynamic to to make it a a woman who has to try and get this rapist and murderer off?
1: Yes, because she's basically, you know, repulsed by this guy's very existence, and yeah. it has to do with the thing that she wants to do least in the world,
0: yeah.
1: And you know, and a, a satisfying mystery occurs.
0: Yeah. So I don't think I would go so far as to call this film feminist, but it's certainly not misogynist. I think it is aware of its gender dynamics and it's interested in those gender dynamics, and it and it and it foregrounds the importance of being a mother in a woman's life.
1: I think the, the female and, characters are a lot more interesting than they look at the outset.
0: Oh yeah, an active motherhood, like motherhood as sacrifice and as work um,
1: As relay race.
0: <laughs> yeah, and not something um, you know, she's and, not, and she's, no, not
1: perfect. The, she's not a saint, she's not mother Yeah, yet. exactly.
0: Yeah. And neither of None these, of them are. Neither of these mothers the kind of two central mothers in the film are like shown as being kind of Perfect saints who sacrificed everything, but it's just kind of, yeah. It's sh- it's shown as as a strength in a in a really active way that I find interesting and, yeah, and mom, refreshing Mom did that too. Yeah, mom did it yeah. very well. It's a
1: yeah.
0: We yeah. yeah, easily could have done an episode on like motherly revenge thrillers or like motherly action films and and discuss this with mom.
1: And we also did a <laughs> the uh, ladies be angry series. So. Yeah. There. It's it's a it's a through line.
0: Yeah, I like feisty, angry Indian women in my Bollywood movies. Uh, this is angry not my-
1: Indian goddesses, you might say.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is certainly not my favorite film in that vein, but it is certainly uh, a topic I'm always interested in. Mm-hmm. And Ashwarya Rai does look great, but too many scenes of her breaking down emotionally. Also, if you're going to break a window, it yes. needs to stay broken.
1: <laughs> yeah. A baffling scene.
0: <laughs> a baffling continuity. Error.
1: Um, yeah, Irfan Khan busts a window and uh, Shreyaraj's car open with his uh, uh, elbow, and the next scene it's like fixed again. Yeah, truly baffling.
0: And too many Dutch angles. I like a Dutch angle, but they were like, Ugh. if you
1: do it every if you do it every shot, then the impact is lost.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the kind of neo noir? I mean and the Dutch Angles are part of the, that, but the kind of neo noir cinematography that the film had going for a while.
1: It's going for, you know, poisony greens and yellows and yeah. then pinks and purples at a club. I think it works well.
0: Yeah, and they use like like some church scroll lighting and some like um
1: a- Actually anytime. Irvon Khan is on screen for the first half an hour or so. There's like Venetian blinds (laughs) or a kind of diseased looking bathroom.
0: Exactly. The film looks diseased.
1: But it's like, yeah, he is in a noir movie already before (laughs) we even get there. And then eventually Ashwarya Rai gets there too. Yeah. And they both wear black and he's got like a leather jacket on. It reflects the light kind of like they thought that part through. Like it looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. I, I agree.
1: Yeah. It's a solid movie.
0: It's solid, yeah. I think... I wish it did more. I wish it didn't drag so much in the beginning. Uh, but I think when it gets going, it's pretty decent. Uh, it unfortunately didn't do well commercially. It hmm. like barely made back its budget.
1: That's too bad. Yeah. And Egg Villain did well.
0: Yeah, Egg Villain did really well.
1: This is bizarre to me. That movie sucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think like... We liked Jaws, but it was—I don't know. This sounds like faint praise. Passable.
1: Yeah, it's, it's average. I mean, yeah, it was average. it's good. Yeah, All um, right. I was not bored for large stretches of it. <laughs> is that good enough? Uh,
0: this brings us to our last film of the episode, Matt.
1: Teen to Threen.
0: Yeah, so it's T E three N. Yeah, uh, so kind of like seven.
1: <laughs> and we are eighty-five percent certain that this is referring to three detectives. Yes. But there is no... And I will preface this by saying I'm not an expert in numerology or anything. There's no reason why there's a three inside of another three in the <laughs> title. Is there?
0: I Not that I'm
1: aware it, Yeah. This movie could have been called anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't think Teen is especially interesting title. No. But pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a remake of, from 2016 of... Jung Koo Subs montage movie that have heard almost nothing about. I mean, I've heard a little bit about the other two, but this one completely passed me by. Did you see it?
0: No, no. no. We did watch the trailers uh, for all of these, all the Korean originals, just to kind of like compare. And some fight
1: scenes and all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, just to kind of compare the visuals and the narratives. And certainly, um, Seven Days and Montage from just the trailers, seemed closer to the finished product. Yeah. Um, which is also notable because those two are official remakes, whereas Eck Villain is more of an unofficial remake and seems more inspired by I Saw the Devil than a full-on kind of, like, remake.
1: He's barely even a villain, honestly. He's just, like, <laughs> Ek guy.
0: Yeah. And then again, also, the I Saw the Devil trailer and the clips we watched were, like, far more violent and intense than anything we saw in Ek, in ek Villain.
1: Yeah. So this was directed by Rubu Dasgupta and stars Amitabh Bachchan, Nawazuddin Siddiqui, Vidya Balan as the titular three, mm-hmm. I'll say, I think.
0: Interestingly, Vidya Balan is billed as guest starring. She's in the whole movie. Yes, she's
1: like, she's, she's uh, there she's on screen enough that supporting to co-lead exactly. would be more like it. And so she's in it, like, it more than Nawazuddin Siddiqui, I think.
0: All I want to know is by billing her as a guest appearance, is that a way to pay her more or pay her less? I don't know.
1: Yeah. And uh, Sabiachi Trabarti is also in the film. Mm-hmm. So this was a well-received critically, but a commercial failure, which is too bad. Yeah. I think it's the best of these three movies mm-hmm. by far. Eh, not by far. It's It and Jazba are pretty neck and neck for like good, solid, pulpy... Detective movie. I,
0: th- I think this is a lot better than Jazba, personally, um, for reasons that I'll get into.
1: Okay, so Amitabh Bachchan plays a guy. He's older. Um, I think he's wearing a bit of a fat suit. He he doesn't look as felt as he usually does. He's really hunched over, mm-hmm. and he plays. He's the, got a beer belly. He, his physicality is actually quite good in this movie because mm-hmm. he's a broken down man. Mm-hmm. His uh, his granddaughter has gone missing. She was very young and by the point in the movie in which we meet him it's been eight years. Yeah. And he's obsessed with this case. He goes to the police station every day and uh, tries to see if anyone has any news on it and in his spare time of which he has lots because I think he's retired he obsesses over uh, the kidnapper phone call he has he looks up you know, her articles of clothing. He's just hes just trapped in the past. Mm-hmm. He's actually kind of good with machines, actually. I th- maybe he was a repairman or something. But, yeah, he is stuck. His wife is in a wheelchair now, but we see in the past she wasn't. She's, you know, had a kind of body collapse, I guess. And the detective on the case originally was Noazine Siddiqui, who uh, we see in an opening scene, there was a car accident During the course of the investigation. Mm -hmm. And his arm is damaged. And I guess, I won't say why, but over the course of what happens during the first investigation, he's, you know, he loses it. He doesn't want to be a cop anymore, and he goes on to become a priest.
0: It ruins him.
1: Yeah, and Bachchan occasionally visits him, too, just to see if he has any leads.
0: Yeah, the film is set in Calcutta, which I think is... As we've seen in the past, a very interesting setting for a mystery film.
1: And also you get the cops in the white uniforms, which looks to me like naval cops.
0: Yeah. Um, and a lot of the characters are Catholic.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you get some resonance there. Although I don't know if it really added much. Yeah. I mean, he could have, we could have used less scenes in the church. Yeah. I don't know if it really, it wasn't like a Sir Jesus thing. <laughs> I don't know if the the Catholicism did anything for the movie. Uh, so Vidya Balan is a modern day detective who Amitabh Bachchan interacts with who is on the case when a new kidnapping happens which mm-hmm. has disturbing similarities to what happened the first time.
0: <laughs> More than similarities. <laughs> yeah.
1: And over the course of the movie we watch Amitabh Bachchan continue to investigate his case while Nawazuddin Siddiqui aids Vidya Balan on her case. And wouldn't you know it? Two cases... They might just be one big case.
0: <laughs> yeah, it might be the same kidnapper. The exact same things are happening.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say too much because there's actually quite a few good twists in this movie. Yeah. And I liked it a lot. Um, I think all three character, uh, all three actors are doing a good job with their characters. Uh, Nwazuditsk, he's maybe playing it the most reserved, but he is someone who joined the priesthood. So yeah. he's maybe a little bit more likely to sit back and listen while other people freak out about things vidya balan is a cop who basically just wants to get this case off her plate is willing to um kind of skate over some rules and get things done quicker kind of reminds me of talvar actually where you know they just want this they just want to solve you know yeah and amitad bachan excellent performance as a man who will do whatever it takes.
0: Yeah, I think all three performances here are really solid, which is one of the reasons why I think this is the best film of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was produced by Sujoy Ghosh, um, who, you know, we have mixed opinions of, um, but Kahani, which he made with Vidya Balan, also set in Calcutta. Do
1: mm-hmm. uh, I is... have Bianca yeah. Shbakshi's in Calcutta, too? There's lots of good yeah. detective stuff there.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um... Jagged
1: Jesus, I think, goes to Calcutta. All that stuff happened in uh, in his pro- his province, mm-hmm. so yeah, all, yeah, yeah. There's there's a connection there.
0: Yeah, but going back to Kahani, I think if you're a fan of Kahani, uh, you will enjoy this. You'll kind of see a some similar DNA. Uh, I think this this film is really well shot. It doesn't rely on the same, dare I say, kind of visual gimmicks that we see in Jasper and Villain. So kind of that that neo-noir stuff we were talking about, which I do like, but I think doesn't always serve the films and, and sometimes comes off um, as a little overused or a little too stylish. No, this has um, the same
1: color palette as Little Women.
0: Sure. <laughs> it's, it's just a much more naturalistic color yeah, palette. Yeah, but like,
1: if you know Little Women, there's, you know...
0: Yeah, and it's got a kind of like... You know if if Jezba had that like green tinge this has more of like an amber tinge.
1: Amber and then also it's kind earthy. of blue and bleached out and old and sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I just I think I think this film has a really strong setting of like a really strong sense of the place that it's set in, mm-hmm. which I think gives it... A city
1: built for mystery.
0: Yeah, I think gives it a lot of texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, then these these performances, which just feel really... There's, a, there's an emotional register in this film that the other two films don't have. The other two films kind of just have bigger scenes, broader emotions. Um, this feels like... The sadness at the center of this film just feels so, it feels bleak. And it just like, I think you really, you really understand these characters and just kind of the way in which this event that happened eight years ago has broken them.
1: This is also not entirely done through dialogue either. Like you can just look at Amitabh Bachchan and he is a broken man.
0: Exactly. His
1: life is over. He's just playing out the string.
0: But he still has a sense of humor to him. There's a great scene kind of early on where he makes uh, lunch for his his wife because you know she's in a wheelchair now, so he's kind of taking care of everything. And he like remembered a recipe that he saw on TV, and they kind of joke about how he only remembered half the recipe. And he's like, I made a new one. It's a new recipe. You you see you see what a wonderful grandfather he must have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this film also handles the multiple timelines, like the kind of different not multiple timelines, the different um, time periods. Really flashbacks well. and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. we we kind of follow different things. So we get flashbacks from the original investigation eight years ago and the things that happened there. We're following Amitabh Bachchan's investigation kind of in the present day of him still trying to solve the case um, that is now eight years old. And then we also see the new investigation with the new kidnapping. And the film kind of moves between those three modes at different times. And I never felt lost with where we were. And it wasn't playing like a weird tonal whiplash like it is in Ec-Villain of going from the rom-com to the over-the-top revenge thriller. No. Um, and I, I really appreciated that because, you know, following those different threads and the way those different threads reverberate with the overall story it's telling and just kind of the, the care and depth at which they reveal certain aspects of the film. And of the story and of the twists I found really compelling. I will say the film expects us the film expects us to believe that orphanages and mosques would keep really good records about donations, mm-hmm. which is just preposterous.
1: Yeah, like it would be like, like absolutely it would just be a boxing with throw. It would be a box where you throw clothes in and just like, oh, yeah.
0: Like, what orphanage is recording every single item of clothing that's donated to them?
1: Yeah. Once you get over that hoop, though, I think most of the other clues are pretty fair.
0: Yes. Yes. It, and it's I think... Just, that one's
1: a little weird and they could have maybe done it a bit different. And
0: I think watching Amitabha-chan's investigation is, is kind of one of the, the most enriching parts of the film.
1: Yeah. He's not a professional detective but he is like really smart yeah. and he can work through things so it's he's, he's coming in with basically the same level of knowledge that we have right yeah. like you've seen some movies you, know, you can kind of see where things are going you could kind of look at rooms and see what he's thinking but he's not he's not he's uh, um he's yeah. not he's not Sherlock Holmes he's not even Jesus for that instance he's just like a normal guy stuck in a terrible situation
0: And this film does a really good job of showing and not telling. Yeah. You know, which is... Like, it really reveals things to you by kind of engaging you and having you figure things out along with the characters. As opposed to just kind of info dumping or having things explained to you.
1: A bunch of times. Yeah. And it also it also doesn't expect you to remember every single little clue that comes along. Be like, yep, that was the one.
0: Yeah. And you didn't figure out all the twists here.
1: No, I caught... I caught the big one, but there's a couple of little ones. No, you one- didn't
0: catch the big one.
1: I think I caught the big one, All right. but there's a couple other ones that you know, you got me. Yeah, you know, it's that's that's why you watch a mystery though. You want to kind of be involved and see if you could figure out the case too, but you also want to be surprised because it's fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Ribu Dasgupta is a filmmaker that we're not familiar with. He's made a few other things. His debut was a film called Michael, which was produced by Anuray Kashyap. He's also done some TV, so he's did Yud, um, which also starred Amitabh Bachchan, hmm. uh, as well as Bard of Blood, uh, mm. which we've heard mixed things about. That yeah, that's
1: the first good thing I've heard about it, really.
0: Yeah. Um, and he's also directing the Bollywood remake of The Girl on the Train, which that's I am a good sign. very skeptical of because that was a terrible film. But and it stars Periniti Chopra, who I, I like, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's her mode.
1: But that is a very pulpy, fun mystery. I mean...
0: You didn't see The Girl on the Train. It was bad, man.
1: Sure, but like that sort of book, though, to get that big of an audience... Yeah, it must have been like just kind of a, a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as in depth as Gone Girl or The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but something that your average audience could enjoy.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I, I'll be interested to see it. But
1: also, when I heard trains. it was
0: happening, lots of
1: trains in India, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah, when I heard it was happening, I was super skeptical because I really did not like that movie. I didn't read the book, but I didn't like the movie at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, you'll get to watch The Girl at the Window soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and when you watch that, you should read about the author cuz he is basically the real life Tom Ripley. Yeah. His life is extremely strange.
0: Well, and that film is based on a book that's a rip-off of a previous film.
1: <laughs> well, you know, mysteries are harder See, to write than you think. People
0: aren't just you know, it's not just Bollywood ripping off other movies. Yeah. Happening in Hollywood too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think I think Teen is it's really compelling. Like I said, it has it has a lot of texture, and I think these performances uh, just feel yeah. There, there's there's there is a lot of layers to them. There's a lot of depth, uh, and I really like Vidya Balan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a thankless role like I thought it was going to be. Mm. She's not getting shown up by Noazine Siddiqui all the time as no. the guy who did the case the first time. She's actually just wanting to get it off her plate, yeah. but competent detective.
0: And she also, I mean, she says, I've never done a kidnapping case before. Like, I need some... Po-. She doesn't say... It's not even like that she needs help. She needs support. She needs, like... she, She's a good detective who knows when she's out of her depth.
1: And also, interesting for a Hindi film about a female police detective, no problem with the higher-ups? Yeah. Her boss is like, yeah, yeah, do it. Do what you feel is right, which is very strange compared to every other time that we've seen this in a movie, especially like Delhi Crime, where you know so many politics to even just do your job, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think like I don't think this film is completely successful, and to explain some of why I don't think it's completely successful, other than the fact that an orphanage would keep that detailed of records um, would be getting to spoiler territory, so I won't. But I do. There think, are
1: some large leaps in logic.
0: Yeah, but I do think it is very satisfying
1: mm-hmm.
0: and compelling, and yeah, that that the the setting and the cinematography and these performances, yeah, all come together for me.
1: Yeah, watch it. Yeah, what are you waiting for?
0: All right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks and what are we doing that
1: so as you heard in our last episode we were asked to do movies by Dibber kerb energy yeah. and did- since a person left a review for us got the biffle points they got their wish
0: which is another episode that has been like on the books or just kind of written down as a possible episode idea since before we launched the podcast as well. You guys yeah. have no idea how many episodes that we've like developed and haven't done yet.
1: <laughs> and this is often due to the fact we can't get the movies. Yeah. Or that we're being opportunistic and think like, okay, we could do this right now because it's, you know, of the popular interest or here's an ongoing series we do. One's like a Dipper Garbanerjee episode. You know? If you ask for it, it'll rise to the top.
0: Yeah, we had done a lot of directors and 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 we hadn't found the opportunity yet to discuss him and yeah being being asked hey can you know we had mentioned like oh we want to do an episode on a, on him let us know what you think and having someone come back and say like oh my god please do that episode
1: yeah um, and, and we saw his puppet review... in his talkies where they were good
0: yeah and leaving us a review saying that they wanted to listen to it mean hint you hint,
1: hint. we'd leave a review
0: we push it up
1: although if you leave a review saying please t- watch more Shraddha Kapoor movies and way Kapoor movies I hereby invoke my right of ignoring you. I'm sorry, but I just <laughs> yeah. can't. I, I love you people, but I can't do it. <laughs> they hurt me too much. Uh, but yeah, Dipper Energy. We're going to watch some of them.
0: Yeah. All right, Matt. Where can people find us?
1: Well, bollywoodersforlovers.tumblr.com. Facebook.com slash Bollywoodisforlovers at Bollywoodpod on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S.
0: I'm at Ernie Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R.
1: Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best one.
0: Yeah, and we'll read them out on air. And while you're over at Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies.
1: Another detective sort of thing this time?
0: Uh, well, we just released an episode on um, father-daughter relationships amidst um, weather, Equal? Eco- not what's the word I'm looking for.
1: Big uh, big weather
0: no, there's catastrophes? No, like, there's like a word for weather stuff. Meteorological? Meteorolo-
1: Meteorological?
0: yeah. Disasters in yeah. the Southern United States. So we discussed with
1: big animals.
0: With big animals, yes. So we discussed <laughs> beasts of the Southern Wild and crawl. I'm they pretty, might
1: be the only two movies in that genre. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm pretty pretty proud of that parent.
1: I don't know, but Lake Placid's up north, so <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work. But
0: the detective, when you're referring to, is we have some Jack the Ripper stuff coming up. Yeah. Um. So that'll be soon. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Becca Dulkey for our artwork. We continue to think Tuffy is the best boy.
1: Yeah, you know who wouldn't do a murder. Tuffy. Yeah, he's great. He brings people together. Exactly. He was blessed by the gods himself. He was. He was. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, if you're going to remake a Korean movie, make it a good one. Mm -hmm. That's my tip of the week. Okay. Bye.